You are listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. This episode is a highlight clip from this week's full episode. To listen in on the complete conversation, see the show notes for the link to the complete show. You can help us out by leaving us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate every bit of your support. I'm Morgan McKittrick, your producer, and this is Decidedly. What is the biggest difference between a cold plunge and a uh, doing a cold shower, for example? It's the full body immersion is the major factor. You know, a shower is going to give you kind of the shot of adrenaline. You're going to get in. We've all taken that cold shower and it's like <gasps> takes your breath away and you kind of calm yourself down and do it. I actually think showers are way more annoying and I much prefer a full body immersion in the sense of like in a cold like in our plunges, you get to like lay back and it's a great environment to kind of surrender and relax into the experience where when you're in a shower, you never get to relax. Well, and it's also not giving you that full, like it's not going to lower that core body temperature that quick. Showers are great. Like when I'm traveling, I take a cold shower. It's that energy end on the cold, come out, I feel you have this elevated mood that's there. But from the actual like Getting cold on the full body of like from a I mean, like I'll use some terms here like brown fat that's a that's a terminology yeah. we that getting cold completely up to your neck and on the back of your back of your shoulders here it's where we carry a lot of our brown fat and brown fat is really important for like energy production so it's uh, helps for metabolism things like that so that's where the full water is going to be in there. Um, so what is this? Know, uh, talk to me a little bit more about the brown fat. So Sanger and I were talking about this the other day and you were telling me all about it. The, the, is the cold water having a positive impact on brown fat or is it moving, uh, different fat cells into that zone of becoming brown fat or what is, what is happening in that area? Yeah, it's, it's the term is it's browning the fat. And so in our bodies, we have two types of fat. We have a white fat and a brown fat. White fat's kind of the fat that we usually term just fat. It's energy storage. It's the fat that we carry around our body. It gets us bigger. Brown fat is something very common. We have an abundance of it as as babies, as we grow. And brown fat is energy production. This is like what, when you have a high metabolism, it's a good source of brown fat. Or when you're responding better to cold temperatures, it's a good signal of like brown fat within the body. Well, getting cold has been shown to increase our levels of brown fat within the body. And Dr. Susanna Soiberg, who's a phenomenal uh, researcher in this area, she's the one that's really demonstrated this from um, cold plunging and, and brown fat. So that's like the that's the big one, and that's and you really need to be full body submersion for that. Um, and and that would increase energy in the in the body or your ability to put forth energy if you have an increase in brown fat. Correct. It's helped with um, like glucose levels. And di- diabetes, they've actually shown I would, studies I would assume that, improve or increase metabolism. Yes, that that's at the core of it. That's what it is. In, that is what it is doing is increasing metabolism. They've shown also through lowering sugar intake and increasing brown fat, or i.e., getting cold. They had an awesome study, I believe it was out of Denmark, of um, reduction of cancer tumors within the body to the point that this study recommended this as a modality in cancer treatment. Um, oh, that's so it was, so it was, yeah, it was lowering sugar, which was a key part of the study and getting cold. 
So again, and that was more at the brown, the increased brown production within the body. So that's a huge one. That's a major benefit. I think it's also, you can also control the temp. It's a factor, you know, with a shower, you never quite know what the temp that you're getting in at. You're kind of, it's Russian roulette of wherever you're at and what the cold is. And it's like a specific spot in the body as opposed to, to me, the core of it, like when you get into the experience of it, you actually want to, it's really just breath. Like you come in, you're going to get a very shallow breath. It's going to take it away. Yeah. And you want to be able to send the signal to your body. I'm okay. And you just start getting deeper and deeper breaths and you will feel your system calm down in a shower. I find it personally very challenging to get that long exhales going on right. and get that more right. calm experience because it's, it's a very specific spot in the body. You might move, you can't really relax into the experience. So I, I find that to be and tip of the cap to those in the shower that can do that. For me, I, I struggle mightily with being able to relax in, in the shower itself. Yeah, no, it, it, it's tough. I, uh, I kind of get that, that feeling. I turn like, tur- I'll, I'll get there. I'll turn it on. Water's freezing cold in the wintertime, hitting my chest. Boom, 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 boom. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. And then it's time to you turn guys around. Do. <laughs> you don't want to turn around. <laughs> like, I don't want to turn around, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's the word. Do you guys do cold showers? That, oh, every day. Thing? But it, it's like a, there's an off season in Texas. You know, you can't do a cold <laughs> shower. My, I turn my water on in July, turn it on barely, you know, cold. Just I don't want any hot water. And it'll be a warm shower in July. It's, yeah, so it's just sure. kind of you can't do it year round. You're coming into the good season now. Oh no, it's about oh, yeah. to get awesome. Oh, last last year you guys, your your yeah, we would go to his jump house. in our pool. Every time yeah. it snows, go jump in the pool. Got to get in the pool. What's what do you have you seen these videos of guys going like absolute psycho mode and getting underwater with snorkels and stuff like that? Yeah, so it's actually Mike, you know, my co-founder. He plunges with the snorkel every day. That's all he does. He is that it, better. It's a um, your head's under. Like it? You're under. It's it is like you come out in the most like peaceful, tranquil place. And if you can push through the first like minute where you're gonna go under, God, that sounds like a long time. I was hoping you were gonna it, say like ten seconds. <laughs> it, it's like you know you have. Yeah, you go under and you get this brain freeze and you're there, but you find this with a snorkel or whatever your mechanism you're using to breathe. There's nowhere to Indy go strong. but the but the in and out. Like it's just so it's already one with your head out, you it's it's already easy to focus on your breath. But then when you go under, there's nowhere to go except your breath. Like that's all that exists. And so you get this space and you can kind of hit this rhythm that you're just full peace. And there's no sound, you know, I recommend if you're going to use the snorkel, if you're using one of our units, it's like unplug it, you know, obviously I would raise it up even a few degrees than your normal plunge temperature. Cause going under, it's going to feel that much colder. Yeah. So there's ways to optimize for this, but you know, what are the benefits of that? Really? It's just on, it makes you feel incredible. I don't know what it's, you know, I don't, I don't know what's, okay. what science is pulling back on this, but it's, it's uh, people are just coming back with an extra big smile. I yeah, I can accept that answer, Ryan, because I, I was talking to a guy who was saying, Oh, that's crazy. There's no like extra science on that. You're, you're freezing your brain. And then I thought again, not a scientist. I go, 
Yeah, but it's probably just cooler, you know. No pun intended. It's probably just more fun. Well, I, I think there's a lot of it to those those things that inherently don't feel good or usually good for you. You know, like you know, it's no doesn't feel good to go exercise if you haven't exercised. It doesn't feel good to eat broccoli. It doesn't feel good to get in the cold water. Sauna, doesn't, be, maybe sauna doesn't feel sauna good doesn't either. feel good after a you know couple minutes in there. A lot of these things are, you yeah. know, there's obviously you know stupid. It's not doesn't feel good to hit your head with a hammer either, but. I think there's some positive effects to things that your body can adapt to very quickly and regulate yourself. And like you said, with the dopamine increase and the increase in blood flow, there's real positive impacts. So it's kind of interesting. Well, I think you you nailed it, Sean. It's like, okay, why do we work out? We work out to actually tear our muscles down, like, and for them to grow back stronger. It's or her, hermetic response. It's, you know, you, 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 you break yourself down to grow back stronger. Cold plunging is no different, and it is that for your nervous system. You get in there, it is, it is to me, the gym for your nervous system. You go in, you stretch it, it gets more robust, it comes back, and you come back a stronger person. You stack those days on top of each other, similar to working out. You know, you get your workout in, it's not, you don't fix it in one workout. It has to be a consistent practice that you're constantly doing. And so I think the resilience and, and, creating a more robust system is uh, you know one of the core features to you know getting hot getting cold doing those these different modalities what do you think's next what's the next health craze that we're gonna all be doing in five years man i had that answer i would uh i'd run with it but uh you know, the, one that comes it, yeah. up, <laughs> the one that comes up to me a lot and i utilize it and i'm still like i'm not can't say I'm not sold, but I, I haven't like used it enough to like put everything behind it. But like red light therapy, I think is like a massive, mm, yeah. um, you know, I'm hearing enough testimonies from people that are having these results from it. And, and I don't understand it enough yet to really like go all in on it. But it, that's one's really curious to me. You know, I think, I think there's just this crate, like I was, we were out at a festival called Running Man and it's, you know, in the endurance category. And I don't know if these are like what the, obviously there's not like a a healthy side to this, but these endurance, like high ultra experiences, I'm seeing more and more people pushing the boundaries on that. And I think that is like, I think marathons and halves are going to be very status quo in these larger, more intense races. There's going to be more and more people getting into them. And I think that's just like, there's this new world of people wanting to like, do it just for the sake of like, I was able to do that. Um, that's that's an interesting culture. analogy, you know, kind of pushing the the limit with marathons or triathlons of, of sort of depleting the, the comfort out of your body temporarily, like you would with a cold plunge. Or, yeah, well, so a client of mine did his first marathon this two weekends ago. And I said, yeah. you know, how did, how did it go? How, how was it? He was kind of nervous and he goes, man, I uh, wasn't what I expected. They go, what do you mean? He goes, I thought I would suffer more. Hmm. He wanted it to suck more yeah. than it did. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, well, I did. I thought I was going to be like dragging myself across the finish line. Well, there is, there is did- that really sort of euphoric feeling at the end of a marathon after you push through the tiredness part where, where you've got this you know, rush of, of feelings. And you know, that must be a lot of, a lot of the same coming out of a cold plunge. Or oh, coming it's got to be a lot cooler if you do 100 miles. Well, yeah, yeah. There's a, I mean, a I, smaller subset of people who can do that. 
<laughs> and you know, exactly. It's, is that going to be for everyone? No, but there is something to it. Like where I live, I live in um, Northern California and the area that I live in is the foothills of, of between Tahoe and Sacramento. Anyways, there's this race called Western, um, Western trail. It's a hundred mile race it goes down from Squaw Valley down into Auburn, California. It's a hundred miles. Basically people run it. It's like a full day. You're running through the night. You're coming down the mountains. Well, it's really cool to go to the finish line. It's like people cross the finish line and they're space cadets. Like these humans yeah. are coming across <laughs> with faces that. that's like, you know, they're in a totally different plane. And there's something to that of like, just the experience of like, what does that feel like? Uh, I don't know if you guys follow, like, I'm not huge in the endurance world, but there's this, uh, this race called, and it's basically, it's like called the last man running or last person running. Oh yeah. And they just, and they just run until someone stops running. Three people all got over. They came down to the end over 420 miles and no one's even oh, ever singularly oh, gone that far. It's days. These cats were running for days on days. I think the winner ended up at 450 miles. Anyways, it's like this, you know, the four minute mile was the thing. And now it's like these endurance and these ultras are becoming more and more like I'm seeing this culture that's growing of people that are just doing it for the sake of like, because I can and I want to like, yeah. you know, is it like, and I, I think there's something cool to that. I think this, this resilience community that's, that's growing out of these different uh, subsects and I'm seeing it a ton in the endurance space. Thanks for making the great decision to listen into this week's episode highlight. If you want more of what you just heard, see the show notes for the full episode. As always, for the latest decision-making tips, find us on decidedlypodcast.com or on Instagram at decidedlypodcast. And be sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter from the link in the show notes. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review as well. We read all of your comments, so if you learned some decision-making tips today, let us know. Until next time, this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.